Welcome to Modern Aikidoist Podcast. My sincere thanks to listeners and those who have liked, subscribed, and commented. Your interest is noticed and deeply appreciated. Ranks and the use of colored belts has grown to be ubiquitous in the martial arts, particularly in the Eastern arts. Are they useful and do they serve a purpose? Do they enhance or detract from the pursuit of martial arts? It helps to know a bit of the history on them, why they came into being, and how martial arts students and organizations made them popular. It is widely recognized that the rank system and the use of colored belts was first thought up and used by Jigoro Kano, the founder of Judo. Why exactly did he do this and what purpose did it serve? Kano was an educator by profession, and not just a plain old teacher either. He served as director of primary education for the Ministry of Education and was also the president of Tokyo Higher Normal School for 20 years. He was an educator at the level of planning how education was conveyed. As I understand the story, Kano organized judo into a curriculum. You could say that he created judo, which is a simplification. Really, Kano adopted what we know as judo from jujitsu by organizing the techniques and teaching methods, creating a rule set for the sport of judo, and made learning it popular. The amazing thing is that he started doing this when he was in his early 20s. There are some fascinating stories about how Kano built judo and made a name for himself in his new dojo. I won't go into them here, but they are easily found online, so I encourage you to look into them. Within the first 30 years, his Kodukan Dojo went from a few dozen students to over a thousand Don grade students. With so many Udansha, or black belt ranks, there may likely have been three to five times more actual students total. The story is that as his Dojo got more students in, Kano needed a way to keep them organized. Not just for himself, but they could quickly recognize each other's experience levels to avoid confusion. This just made sense. You got a lot of people in the same room and it becomes difficult and slow to sort them out. If an instructor could clarify what material each rank would need, it would be easier to organize their learning. Colored belts made it clear to other students how experienced they were. My guess is that Kano had no design to use colored belts as motivation for students, but that's just my guess. It seems pretty logical that someone used to organizing a school would implement a system similar to grades that are usually age-separated. Kindergarten classes have different material and focus than fifth grade, which are then again different from high school classes. What we see now is that belt ranks are often used as rewards to keep students training. I'm sure I'm not the only instructor who looks at this with a certain amount of disgust. While there's nothing wrong with pursuing a goal, it becomes a problem when the quality of that goal suffers. Not all dojos are like this, of course, but quite a few make rank easy to attain if you pay money and just keep showing up. The schedule of testing is entirely focused on generating tuition and test fee revenue and has nothing to do with the student's skills or abilities. The belt makes them think that they are a capable martial artist. What they are actually capable of and used for is funding the instructor's vacation. Dojos which indulge in this kind of practice are often called McDojos or belt factories. Children are usually the main targets, or rather their parents are, and it's a very lucrative market. Parents will dish out big money for their kids to become black belts. Sometimes children as young as eight years old are strutting around in black belts. I met someone who signed up for such a dojo and entered a contract for $12,000. He was locked into paying $200 a month for five years, and at the end he was guaranteed a black belt rank. When I met him, he was a year or two into the program. Even though he had a year or two of training, you would never know it. Great guy, but had no idea what to do with his body. It was very clear he was being exploited for his money and he would emerge from the program with little or no skill and with a lot less money. I believe anyone who takes advantage of people like this is unethical and harms the martial arts. 
The Aikido I was brought up under also had rank tests, which almost all do, as well as colored belts. When I went independent, I gave a great deal of thought to whether or not to keep the tests, ranks, and belt colors. Did they distract or did they help? I felt this was something I needed to sort out. There were a number of things I really liked about the testing process, and it started with what happens when you tell a student he or she is going to start preparing for their next test. They sharpen up their focus and take their training more seriously, and this is very common. I've encountered a few students who do the opposite, though. They either shrink from it and say, I'm not anywhere near ready to test yet, or they resist wanting to test. They will drag their feet and delay the test as long as possible. I've found students like that are usually dealing with self-esteem and lack of confidence issues. It helps to show your support and encouragement and assign a senior student to work with them after class privately to help them get ready. You have to keep them on track or they will slink away into the shadows hoping you forget about their test. Most people tend to get fired up about an upcoming test. They start organizing what they need to work on and step up to meet the challenge. This is a very good thing for the training process. When I competed, a tournament on the schedule would be the focal point for my training. When a tournament was coming, it served to give me a deadline to get my body in shape and my tools sharp. A test serves this similar purpose. Without it, you can always think that you have more time and tend to take training just a little less seriously. You can always sharpen up tomorrow or next week. With a deadline, there's a fire lit under you. If you think about it, you might encounter physical violence at any time. You never know when it might come. Are you as ready as you can be right now? We can't let ourselves get lazy, but that is a human behavior. Therefore, I found that periodic testing is useful for providing a good dose of motivation to the training cycle. But that's not the only benefit. Another aspect that I really like about testing is something I experienced from competition. The first few years that I fought, I was pretty bad. I had a lot of passion to learn to fight, but I was not naturally talented. It took several years before I started seeing success and winning bouts with any consistency. What I learned along that journey is that competing when it matters was much different than just practice sparring. Over subsequent years, I started competing at higher and higher levels where the difference became more pronounced. You must be able to perform in a stressful situation where it really matters, and when you are attacked, it's going to be an extremely stressful situation. You will be dealing with nerves and very likely adrenaline. If you have no experience with these, you are almost guaranteed to fail. Tests are small samples of what it's like to perform while nervous and under some stress. You must learn how your body and mind function in these conditions and what it takes to make your Aikido work. Every student has had their Aikido breakdown during tests and they need to rally their mind and body together to make it work. It's common for students, and I did this too, to be very disappointed in their test performance. They do far better in normal class, and they tend to get upset that the Aikido that they showed in the test was sloppy and needed improvement. This is merely self-discovery. I remind them that when they get targeted for violence, they will be anxious, nervous, and probably terrified. Should that happen, it shouldn't be the first time they've had to perform under stress. The tests I administer are not brutal or vicious, but they are difficult. The pressure mostly comes from a student not wanting to screw up in front of everyone or their instructor. I instruct the students that unlike class, if you mess up, you have to finish with something. Whatever it is, make it work. I don't care if your technique looks pretty or is flawless. It must function and keep you safe. After their test, I talk with the student and ask them what they felt were the two or three major things they learned about how they work under stress. We talk about what worked well and what needs to be improved. This gives them not only a priority list of what to work on, but a good picture of the difference between practicing and performing. 
Since Aikido lacks a competitive venue, the test is the next best thing to be the tangible feedback you get when you face a high-pressure situation. It's relevant to mention that the tests I do are structured differently than most. That is, after the yellow belt tests, all subsequent belt tests consist entirely of techniques of the student's choosing. The instructor picks the attack and the student uses whatever techniques they are confident to deal with it. The higher the rank, the more techniques a student must show. The goal of this is to let a student execute the techniques they are the most comfortable with. Sometimes a technique emerges that the student didn't plan on. I see this as his body has found a technique that it likes, but the conscious mind hasn't realized it yet. It's good when this happens because it means techniques are starting to become internalized. It also means that a student is starting to emerge from pre-planning technique, which is where higher skill level resides. They don't plan, they just act appropriately to a situation without hesitation. As for the colored belts, I think that they do help clarify to new students who the experienced students are and serve as a good reminder where each student is and how to work with them best. Colored belts make it obvious to go easy on white and yellow belts with throws because they are still learning ukemi, for example. Therefore, I don't find abandoning the use of colored belts necessary. I'd say the biggest dilemma I had came to what to do about Yudansha rank, particularly about advanced black belt rank. I thought long and hard about it. My first thought was that there is something clear and special about Shodan, or first degree black belt. Without question, it's an important and definitely necessary event along the path of a martial artist's training. Of course, I have a pretty high expectation for a student who gets a Shodan from me. They should be able to train with any martial artist and leave a solid impression for both their skill and their character. Advanced Udancha ranks are another matter entirely. As I researched it, I found that Udancha ranks seemed to come about after an organization got big enough to have a lot of Shodans. I presume Judo was the first organization to deal with this problem, but many organizations followed suit. It appears that these advanced ranks are largely political and serve only to create a hierarchy among the advanced students. There may be valid reasons for this, but my observation is that the pursuit of advanced Udancha rank is rife with bad politics. So much so that I think having these ranks is actually detrimental to the art. They fan the flames of envy and jealousy. Nobody will openly admit that they are envious or jealous, but we can see how this plays out on a regular basis. This brings me back to my thoughts on whether or not to grant them. This was somewhat of a pressing issue as I had a student who was my assistant instructor whom I felt had the skill and character for Nidan, or second degree black belt. I felt it was an injustice that he was only a Shodan, and I wanted to do right by him. We spoke and he told me that he didn't care about rank and the only thing that mattered to him was what he could do, not what piece of paper that he had. This was the type of personal character that meant the most to me and why I thought he really deserved to be a Nidan. We both shared the same feelings towards rank, that it was not necessary. The most tangible factor which influenced my decision was that other organizations usually do not honor advanced Udansha rank. That is, if you transfer to a new dojo and start training there, it won't matter if you are a Nidan, Sadan, or Yandan, which are second, third, or fourth degree black belt. They will likely honor your Shodan, but anything beyond that will likely be ignored. Therefore, I found no tangible reason to award advanced Udansha ranks. A solution I did consider was going old school which was to award a teaching certificate. I never went forward with this with my assistant instructor, but mostly because he had no intention or interest in opening a dojo. I would have been happy and confident trusting and having him teach students, not because he was perfect, but because he would be able to build solid skill in whomever he taught. 
One last thing I'll mention in regards to rank are all the honorary titles used. Shihan, Shidoin, Hanshi, etc. They are fine, but far too often I see them used by people who seem to want to play Mr. Big Shot. You look at their credentials and they have multiple advanced Yudansha ranks and a handful of arts, have studied virtually every martial art under the sun, and are 30 years old. I call this the Grandmaster Syndrome. I'm fine with people using any title they want. Personally, all I want to be called is Tristan, and I don't mind Sensei as long as it doesn't get too formal. I'm all about respect, but worship is distasteful to me. I think the Aikido world has too much worship in it. In the end, I think rank and titles have kind of run out of control in the martial arts world. Prestige, fame, and seniority are false pursuits in my book. They also lead to some bad behavior when people start using them to build cults and manipulate people. These things are in direct conflict to the honor and character that I believe the martial arts should stand for. Some ranks, belts, and titles are useful, and others are not. That's just my take on it. What do you think? What are other topics you're interested in hearing covered in this podcast? Please share your ideas in the comments if you're watching this on YouTube. You can also go to the Facebook group Aikido the Marshall Side and post a comment. You can also support this podcast by donating either through a monthly sponsorship or a single donation of any amount you like. I always like hearing from listeners of the show, whether through comments or questions. Thank you all for sharing your interest. Enjoy your training.